Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode 271. That's 271. It's the return, the long-awaited return of the ENS Labs podcast. Sponsored by Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by my intrepid explorer and Wolverhampton Wanderers correspondent for the Express and Star. It is still Mr. Liam Keen. Keno, come in. Oh, it's good to be back, baby. Oh, it feels it's good to be back. It feels short and it feels long at the same time. Talking about, yeah. I'm talking about the last podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Straight you know in with I mean? that. It's winter, it's Christmas, but um, and, and, and it is frigid outside. But no, I mean, I, I know we spoke last, which was, what was it? A, was it a night podcast? Was it after the, was it after um, a Carabao win, was it? Was that the last one? Can that feels that? about three years ago, mate. I couldn't it even, does, doesn't I it? I couldn't even tell you. Which is which is cray cray. So we've taken a few weeks off, um, uh, World Cup esque, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that in, in due course. But it it does feel good to be back, and I must I must admit, and you know this uh, the podcast is obviously a bit, a bit of a love affair of mine over the years. But I think I think you've definitely um, tapped into it. And by the way, new results that came out, the, the latest figures uh, a couple of weeks ago. Thank you very much to everybody listening. We are still the number one Wolves podcast of your choice for the fourth successive year running. So a little clap to the peeps who are listening to this, to see this drivel. Amazing, amazing. So thank you very much for that. But um, but yeah, what's been going on, mate? Um, I think you miss it as much as me, but uh, what, what have you been doing the last three weeks? What's been your What's been your plans? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Wow, I've been all over the place. Um, you have. Me, me and the lovely Rosie headed off to mm-hmm. Europe for 10 days. Um, Swarbs. I, I knew you were going to come straight in with that. Sorry. I shouldn't have said her name. You know what? I made a rod from my own back. I shouldn't have done Sorry, that. Sorry, you have. You have. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we went off and did uh, and did that. So we went to Krakow in Train Poland. journey, like, Port, like Portillo. Michael Portillo's train journey. It was one yeah, of those exploring. Straight over my head, mate. Um, okay. <laughs> Well, we didn't get a train to Poland. We flew there first, um, and then got a train round to the other places and then flew back. So yeah, Krakow, Poland, um, Prague, Czech Republic, Ooh, Austria. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact Vienna you have to you Austria, have to so. do the city and then name check the country just for people who don't quite understand. And by the by, people I mean you. Um, <laughs> and then, hey, uh, a at geography at GCSE and A level, <laughs> have you know? And then finally, Vienna, and then finally Budapest in Hungary. Um, yeah, that was brilliant, mate. Absolutely loved it. Lots of food. Lots of drink, uh, as you could imagine. Uh, it was Absolutely. good to get a break, um, albeit I think it was a day and a half or something like that into into my break. I was um, tweeting about people in the hierarchy leaving the club, which we'll get on to. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, well, we, can, we can never we can never down tools completely, can no. we? we, you know, I, we... I, I never switch off completely. I'm always, I'm always looking at it, and because you know, also I don't want to come back after two weeks and be like, right, what's happened then? I've got absolutely no idea. I'm aware of things that you know. I'm not. A, you know, been sat there reading uh, in depth. You know, you have, you have to stay abreast of it a little bit. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, come back and I'm greeted with, well, the house in disarray. Let's put it that way. What, what do you mean? Why? What, why so I was why? meaning to explain this to you, right? So you haven't. You've kept this for me for a week and a half. I have, and you've said I, have. Uh, I need. I'm going to leave it for the podcast. Something happened when I got back, and I'm dying to know what's happened. It, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but it still wasn't great. So. 
basically I walk in the door Sunday the 27th of the day we got back walk in is the door is this your house is this you just you know you have a house together do you we do but we we rent we don't own it yeah, so yeah okay 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 this has helped because we obviously we haven't have to pay for what's happened but we oh, <laughs> we we uh, we arrived home walk in the living room and the first yeah. thing I see straight away is a huge water stain on the ceiling of the living room oh no and I'm like this isn't good no, it's a very great. small bit of um, backstory, which I won't go into because I could be here all day, is that um, four days after we moved in, the one of the one of the uh, cold water tanks um, was leaking and it basically burst everywhere. Um, we've had issues since that with it happening, um, with other, with other things connected to it. So as soon as I come into that, I'm thinking, right, what the bloody hell is going on here? Um, go upstairs. There's a, a leak. Uh, there's a, a water stain on the landing in the ceiling there as well. Um, go into the bathroom and there's a crack in the bathroom ceiling and it's dripping out of that. Oh, um, no. Basically, the hot water tank in the uh, in the loft had um, overflowed. <laughs> oh no! Mate. And the things That's that st- the things that stop it from happening um, weren't installed properly. Uh, it's but at least it's at least at least it's not out of your pocket. At least landlord's got to sort himself out. Well, exactly, yeah. Uh, that, that's but not not thing. ideal though, is it? No, it's not ideal. And then the, I had the rest of the last week off as well before getting back to work this week. And um, as a result of all those issues, there was problems with the heating, problems with the radiators. The plumbers would arrive and would be here for ten fifteen minutes, rush the job. I would tell them, right, this thing's not working. This thing. Like, oh no, no, it's definitely working. They would go. I would. Ch- I would try it. It doesn't work. They have to come back the next day. Um, honestly, welcome, mate, welcome to the UK workforce, mate. <laughs> honestly. honestly, it's incredible. They've Horrendous. been here about four times in the last week. They're having to keep coming back because they keep messing it up. Um, and actually, one day they went to turn up, didn't turn up. The next day they were meant to be there at eight in the morning. They turned up at four in the afternoon. Um, I was ready to start, you know, getting some jiu-jitsu training out, mate. I was ready. Start choking people out, mate. It was. Um, so to be honest with you, that's the most exciting story of my whole holiday. To be honest, is the, the, house, the house is falling apart, but um, oh, I think dear. we're all right now. So that's that's the most good, important. Good, good, good. And, and I imagine yours was a lot more luxurious than me. Was it San Diego you went to? Um, I wouldn't say more luxurious. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously we flew business class and you know, we had uh, had champagne and canapes before we set off. But apart from that, no, I think we're the same old mate, same as same as the train. No, it was good, mate. It was good. It, it was good. Um, just very chill, mate. Not a lot. Not a lot to talk about. Really, got there. Uh, took my mum because I'm a good son, and uh, and the old and the old wife. We got a little Airbnb uh, in the middle of a place called La Jolla. For people who don't know, I used to live in San Diego for three and a half years before moved to uh, moved to the good old West Midlands to take this job on. Um, so um, so I've caught up with a lot of friends. Just chilled out. Watched a lot of World Cup football. A lot more than I thought I was going to. And um, yeah, it was it was it was lovely, mate. Obviously, like you say, ate a lot, drank a lot, um, managed to in my in my little crib on the way there and on the way back because obviously it's a it's a nine and a half ten hour journey. Managed to watch, and you've probably watched it, but I I'd never watched it. I've watched the you've you've obviously watched the Office, haven't you? Obviously. So I'd never watched the US Office, oh. and I kind of put it away and to the back of my mind because I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to watch it. I am a Steve Carell fan, but I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. I can't. I can't tarnish it. So I watched every single season. Now what? I'm sure this. I'm sure I watched every single season, start to finish. I've got to admit, and I might be wrong, and I'm sure there's been polls of this, you know, because I'm very late to the party. I think I prefer the U.S. Office. 
Yeah, there's a few people who say that. Really? Um, I think it's... Uh, do you know what? This is this is probably an unpopular opinion. I don't think it's particularly close either. Oh, well, I, I disagree there. I do, I do uh, disagree there. I but think the thing it, is, they're very different. They're very, they are very, very different. different, but I, I got, really got into it. And maybe it's because it's the time that I watched it and because I'm, I'm, you know, a few years old now, but oh, I thought it was brilliant. It, it is It is awesome. The the, the US one's so good. Um, the problem is that the first series of it, they it was still, still decent, the first series, but they tried to be a literal carbon copy of the yes. of the first one. So they, they were, the original one rather, so they were having jokes and scenes in it that were exactly the same, but just with Americanisms in there. And but when they went really off work. track, that's when it that's when it came exactly. into its own. When, when they went in their own direction, that's when yeah. it became its own thing. So in, in my mind, for me, they're not even like mm. two, they're, they're, they're two different things. They're two like different sitcoms really for me. They're two yeah. totally different, but I think they're both brilliant. I love them. Um, so that was fun, but um, no, weather was unbelievable. I mean, look, this, which is crazy, like five days ago, um, nine o'clock at night, and we're sat outside having fish tacos in an amazing restaurant in the middle of San Diego, and it's absolutely beautiful with shorts and a t-shirt on, and that's what you get for Californian weather. So um, it was great, and obviously, mum enjoyed herself. You know, Alana's, whoever's met Alana, I'm sure quite a few people listening up, she's very much low maintenance, so it's just like, chill, go and see some people. If you want to stay in all day, we'll stay in all day. Which is which is great. I can remember um, the last time I took my oh goodness me the old the old ex missus who was American as well back in the day. Christ, I mean, oh mate, if you go on holiday with her, I mean, I used to call her San Marino. That was that was as bad as it got because she kicked off every ten minutes. I mean, it was <laughs> it was about the end of it. Honestly, that's what I used to call incredible. her. Just under my under my umbrella, San Marino, bloody San Marino, San Marino, and literally. But Lalana, very low maintenance, very very chill, and um, and no, it was good, mate. It was good. So it's good to be back, though. And look, I'm I'm genuinely looking forward. to, which is bizarre to say when you're bottom of the table by two points or whatever. Genuinely absolutely excited about the restart so we'll, we'll get on to a bit of wool should we go on to a bit of wolverhampton wanderers let's do it we missed it okay we? let's do it i mean well we'll go world cup and then we'll obviously have the connection thing so let's have a look so who's still in who's still in from wolverhampton wanderers there's three there's three players who are still out there aren't they who are still in in active competition correct um we've got jose sar matthias nunez and uh ruben nevers of course all so portugal uh, all through to the uh all through to the quarters We've seen a very little bit of Nunes, um, and we've seen quite a lot of Neves, although obviously missed out on in the last game and came on as a late substitute. Uh, that was the main story, not the other guy who was on the bench anyway. <laughs> but um, look, where do you see, how, how do you see Portugal's chances, and also how do you think Neves has done so far from what you've seen? I assume you've seen some of the games. Yeah, yeah, definitely have. Um, I think Neves has been pretty steady, to be honest. I don't think he's been um, outstanding. I don't think he's particularly shone um, in a team that is, of course, you know, filled with talent. Um, but I think he's, he's been pretty industrious and, and he's done um, a pretty good job at, um, at, at holding uh, in that midfield position and, and just getting Portugal ticking over and moving. Um, he's the star when he plays for Wolves and for Portugal, he's not quite that player yet. So, for obvious reasons. He's still so got the best hair really. though. He's got the best hair. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt. So for obvious reasons, it's um, you know it, it makes sense that he's not going to necessarily um, take on the responsibilities of 
grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck like he does at Wolves and making things happen. Um, so I think it's, you know, he's done overall pretty well. You know, Nunes we've not seen too much of, uh, so it's difficult to say. So we've seen none, <laughs> none of at all. No. Um, but I think Portugal have looked have looked pretty good. I think they've almost creeped up on us a little bit because obviously they did lose to South Korea in their final group game. Um, and then they come into this game against um, against Switzerland and, and they were excellent. Of course, Gonzalo Ramos, who was linked with Wolves a few times, was was excellent in that game and I'm sure his um, his value was, has risen quite a fair bit by now. <laughs> Tripled or quadrupled, yeah, Easily. absolutely. Um, do you feel that Neves, because of that result, might suffer the same fate as Ronaldo and probably will have to uh, watch on in the quarterfinals against against Roman Saiz's Morocco? It's it's possible because you know some managers. He wasn't a booking though, wasn't he? Going into the game as well. So he, that's exactly the point I was going to make. But some managers will look at it and think, right, a winning team, particularly the way they won, don't make any changes. But I think in a knockout tournament football, you have to make tactical switches that are going to benefit you in that specific game. And I think if if the manager feels that Ruben Neves is the right player to play um, against Morocco, he will start. I don't think I think that's regardless. Um, of the last result and I think like, the same goes with Ronaldo to be honest um, I think Gonzalo Ramos could find himself on the bench Ronaldo starting despite what happened against Switzerland so um, it very much depends on, on, on the game plan how they're going to try and break Morocco down but I think they've looked pretty good um, and I think they've got a very good chance they've obviously got themselves no disrespect to Morocco but a favourable um, quarter-final draw in comparison to what they could have had potentially um, and they'd, they'd be favourites to get through to, to the semi-final now and of course if England get through We'll be, they'll be facing us, so it'll be a, a split loyalties slightly, perhaps for you. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be England through and through. I couldn't care less what Portugal do. But uh, I've got money. I've got money on England anyway, so I, need, I need to have them. I backed them. I backed them at the start of the tournament, and I also back. So I backed. Two, I've, I've, I've got two bets. I backed England. And I backed Brazil. Um, Brazil basically, I win a little bit overall. England is where I make my money. So I backed England, and then when they drew against uh, USA. And they drifted. I backed them again straight away after that, and they went from like seven to one to ten to one overnight, which was crazy. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'm pretty confident actually that they'll beat they'll, that they'll beat France. I'm not too sure about Brazil, but I think that it could be. I think it's going to be England Brazil final, mate. I really do. I love that you just said that because I've Honestly. been telling I've been telling people all week that I've just got this feeling that we're going to win on Saturday. I do. I know. I think I'm. I'm not even nervous. Honestly, no, I'm, I'm not really. I'm, no, I will be. I'm on looking. The day. F- yeah, we'll be on the day. Look, looking forward to it. But at the same time, I, I do. I am pretty confident. So, uh, people listening to this on Sunday will be like, ah, "Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Just listen to it before Saturday." Um, yeah. So, so obviously those three are still in there. So they're not going to be meeting up with uh, in Marbella with with Lopetegui and the crew. Uh, two who are out. Um, first of all, let's talk about Huang Hee Chan, who actually I thought actually had a didn't start at the, because because of an injury. Um, in the group stages, got his start against Brazil, and for a, I think it was, did it finish six one in the end for a six one mauling? That it was, I might be wrong. Was it no, 6-1? no, that no, that was the uh, Portugal score. You think? Oh, and what was, was, the, what was the finished four one in the end? Sorry, four one mauling. That it was. Um, I thought he was actually very, very good. The shots that he took off, he had a fantastic save. He was lively. He looked, and obviously scoring the winner going into the game as well, which was which was fantastic for him. And I felt sorry for him actually. I don't know if you've seen the interview afterwards, and he's he's kind of in tears, and he has to pull himself together before he's talking to the talking post match. And 
Look, I think out of all the players and all, I guess, all the Wolves players going into this tournament, he's probably come out the best of it. Someone who obviously has started his Wolves career like a house on fire, became really an instant fan's favourite, then had those injuries, then came back, was a shadow of his former self, in and out the side, and hasn't looked anywhere near like the player that Wolves signed permanently, um, jumped the gun sign permanently, I'll, I'll, um, of course. Um, and, you know, maybe this could be the start of something um, for Huang and for and for Wolves that obviously they need going into the, the latter stages of this season. So he's out. What's his situation first regarding his return to Wolves? Yes. Um, so after South Korea uh, went out, um, all the players flew back to back to South Korea. Um, there's been lots of pictures, obviously, of them in the airport and meeting fans and uh, and the manager, who I believe has, uh, has left as well, hasn't he? Um, Bento, um, sort of speaking to the crowds and things like that. Um, he spent a bit of time back home uh, seeing his, his grandparents. He put a post on, on Instagram, I think it was, um, him seeing his grandparents and, and seeing family. Um, and then, actually slightly surprised at this, I thought it might take a little bit longer, but he's going straight back into it this weekend, um, which actually I'm all bit surprised, quite pleased to see. Um, straight back to Marbella? Straight back to Marbella. So he's flying, wow. over, to, he's flying over to Spain this weekend. Uh, he'll join up with the squad. Um, so obviously he won't be available for tomorrow's friendly, um, but he will be from... For, for next Wednesday's one, um, and yeah, he'll be he'll be going straight into straight into action. You imagine they'll give him a little bit of a um, bedding in, settling in period where you know the load in training for the first day or two will be fairly light. He'll do the tests with the strength and conditioning coaches and, and the physios and all that. Um, particularly because, of course, as you mentioned, he had a slight hamstring issue going into the World Cup as well. Um, but you would expect with the timeline of him coming back at the weekend, the second friendly being on the Wednesday, he probably will play some part in that one, provided there's no issues up until then. And um, and it's good to get another forward player back in, working mm-hmm. with the new manager and the squad ahead of obviously the return to competitive action. So I think it's um, yeah, it's it's good, albeit slightly surprising, that he's back in straight away. Yeah, we'll probably find out whether he was he was given or offered a bit more time off, and whether he just chose just to get get there and meet the new manager and get stuck in. Look, I think I think um, credit to him, and, and I think it'll be very interesting and great for Lopetegui to have a look at him, um, you know, in Marbella, and like you say, hopefully we'll see him in that second friendly. Right, uh, Raúl Jiménez, of course, not talked about him much, have we lately? But. He got his World Cup wish, Liam. He got there. He got into the squad. He's he's played at the World Cup. Three three lots of substitution of substitute minutes of twenty minutes, half an hour apiece. Was it worth it? M- maybe to Raoul. Maybe Raoul thought this is the last chance I'm going to have to play for World Cup in for my country. I. I you know, you, we're not going to know until we until we speak to him whether that was worth it. But that was that was what he wanted to do, and he's done it. He's achieved it. They've gone out, and he is now back, and he is in Marbella as we speak, and he's joined up, and he is now working with Lopetegui. Where do you stand on the whole situation? It, it has left a bit of a bitter taste, I think, in, in fans' mouths. Not just the way that it came about, and I'm not saying that he's. 100% to blame. I don't think he is. I think Wolves have made mistakes. I think there may have been issues with, with injuries and maybe potential misdiagnosis. We'll have to have a look. We'll have to look at, see, see the situation. But, you know, what what eventually happened is that Raul Jimenez was fit to play 
in a major tournament and now he's going to Lopetegui and going to see exactly what his fitness is. And the most important thing for me, take Gillingham away, is that he can be 100% going into Everton and for the rest of the season. Now, social media has not helped him. He's not painted himself in a particularly good light with with sponsored products, etc. I know they've got to do this certain, certain things, but it was only, I think, yesterday was the first time he'd actually talked about Wolves. And it was a reply to a tweet that Wolves had put out of Raul Himnes, welcome back, and he said, good to be back. For me, that needed to happen a long time ago. Just a few, you know, the odd tweet, the odd, the odd, you know, the odd video, just to say, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to go, I can't wait, wait to get back or show a bit more willing. But at the same time, and, and, and I'm putting Huang together with Raul, a little bit because I think that a lot of the fans are kind of down on them. Huang maybe with with performance and, and injury and, and, and Raul for what we've just said. For me, I think they've got to get a fresh start and I think the fans have got to give them a fresh start and I think they've got to earn it a little bit as well. But when they come back, these are guys, remember, apart from Diego Costa aside, Wolves haven't got a striker yet, whether they get one or not. These guys could be essential, especially Raul into catapulting this team to safety. Whether Raul's are still at the club or not in January remains to be seen, but as of now, he's an integral part and the main part to this strike force. Well, your conclusion there about them having to, to earn it a little bit, but maybe be handed to some extent um, a fresh start, I think is, is fair. Um, I will have to take you back slightly and, and just correct you slightly about the, the, the social media posts. Mm-hmm. Um, he did actually do one on the night of um, Wolves' win over Leeds in the Carabao Cup. He did one on uh, Instagram. It was a screenshot of one of those you know, s- score apps where it shows you the score for a game. Just a screenshot of the final score saying, come on, Wolves, something along those lines. Um, now, the problem was is... That he, that, was that while he was sat on the bench for Mexico? Well, this is exactly what I'm about to say. I mean, <laughs> the, your point still stands. I'm just making that clear for, for any supporters obviously listening. Mm. But your, your point still stands about social media in that... Um, even at that point, he should have done it a lot earlier. Um, it shouldn't have taken until mid-November to do it. Um, and the way he'd conducted himself around those other posts that you mentioned, sponsorships and you know being pictured in Mexico shirts, things like that, um, you can you can do all that and you should be allowed to do all that, but you should also have in your mind, look, the Wolves fans are going to be wondering and just having a bit more communication, really. And talking about that Leeds game, of course, that is the night, as you just mentioned, that he was on the bench where Mexico... Um, to be honest, made a right hash of it, uh, named him on the bench, had him on the graphic, had his name on the graphic and everything for the team announcement. Um, and he was sat there in trainers, a short T-shirt and a cap, and he was never going to play because he wasn't fit to play. Um, so the whole thing, that, I mean, that, that scenario itself actually sums it up for me, really, that hmm. um, it was just a lack of communication from, in, in some parts or parties. That particular one wasn't really Wolves' fault because they weren't even told about it and they ended up getting a, an apology from Mexico. But I found that previously Wolves could have um, got ahead of the issue uh, and, and put something out there about Raul and what he was doing ahead of time. Um, and then throughout the process, Mexico messing up, Raul not posting about Wolves. Um, it's taken too long to get to this point. But at the same time, your conclusion about him being given an opportunity to uh, have a fresh start, him earning it to some extent as well, I think is fair. He's been a great player for Wolves over the years and he deserves to to go out there and, and, and hopefully in whatever, however, however long he is a Wolves player in the next I don't know, year or so, let's say, that he gets an opportunity to, to to play for the club and hopefully score goals. And I think if you get him playing, I know this has been the ongoing 
conversation after his injury, which of course was such a horrific injury. Um, but if you can get him playing anywhere near what he was like before, he is going to help Wolves in the short term as a minimum. But I think even even beyond that, to be honest, because 31, you know, he's not exactly ancient. He's not exactly your age. So wow! <laughs> I felt, I, I, did you know I celebrated my birthday in San Diego? Happy 29th to me! Yeah, no, I, I know I was I was really happy for your 49th. I think you um, <laughs> no, I, you, you're looking good for your age. <laughs> oh dear, I I am I'm well into 40, 42, chief, 42. I mean, that's like ancient. an 11 year old, but it's not great, mate. It's not great. Um, just just before we conclude and Raoul, for me, Liam, and, and look, I'm I'm at, this is this is just my assumption. For me, the next seven days, eight days in Marbella is crucial to what Raoul is going to do for Wolves going forward in his future and his Wolves career. Um, what his attitude is. Obviously, he's going to have to... He'll be speaking to Lopetegui, I assume, one-on-one. They'll, they'll be having some long conversations. What he thinks, as in Raoul, what Lopetegui thinks, how he's performing in training, how fit he is, whether he's involved in the games. All these situations, for me, will will be ironed out within the next seven to eight days. So when they do fly back from Marbella, I think we'll know exactly where we are with Raul Jimenez and his future at this football club. Um, personally, I hope he's still with them. I, I think I would rather have a, a Raul a fit and firing Raul, a better Raul in a better mood, who's who's got this World Cup distraction out of the way, who's fitter uh, between now and the end of the season than, than selling him. I really would, even if they do bring another person in. You know, let's be honest, Diego Costa hasn't set the world alight as a striker, um, hasn't scored a goal yet. You know, Huang, we don't know. You know, even if Raul's got to got to be on the bench for, for the majority of the season, or I'd rather have him coming off the bench than others. So I hope he stays a Wolves player, and 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 you know, like I say, I think that will that will happen in due course. There'll be an announcement because I think for me, this this Marbella trip when well, now he's there is absolutely integral into into what's going to go on in the next six months or so. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think it's important to mention that actually because there's been a few reports in the last few days about um, essentially saying, look, it's cut and dry. Lopetegui yeah. doesn't want him. He's leaving the club. Uh, he's been made available to go. He's off. Um, so I've been obviously you know, speaking to people the last couple of days to, mm-hmm. to try and get some some real answers to this. Um, and, and as it stands, as of what Thursday afternoon, um, is that look, Wolves are, and and Lopetegui really are yet to make a sort of firm decision on his future. Um, they're keen to have to, to look at him, to have him in the building. Lopetegui wants to work with him. Um, and there is a decision to make there because, of course, they're looking at bringing forwards in in January, which I know we'll get on to. So um, there's a there's a decision to be made. They're looking at him, but it's not cut and dry that he's going to go. He's, he's got every chance um, of staying with Wolves till the end of the season at the very least. Um, and and it's, a, it's almost a wait-and-see scenario. But also think back to when Lopetegui did his um, his unveiling press conference with us. Just in, about to go on to that. In, and in it was quite damning, really, that he said he shouldn't have gone. Said he shouldn't have gone. Um, was look said look. I respect his decision. It was his call, etc., etc. But he also went on to say about how key a player he is and how important mm-hmm. he is, and and backed him at the same time. So look, he, he'll have a decision to make the, the new manager. And look, if he doesn't want uh, Raul Jimenez to be part of his of his side, um, then they'll make that decision. But as it stands, they they got him in the building. They want to look at him. They know how good a player he is and can still be. Um, and there's every chance that he will be a Wolves player, but 
it also very much depends on how January goes, and we know that they're looking at other signings as well. You talk about the press conference, Liam. Uh, let's let's go let's go to that because um, unfortunately I wasn't there for that one, but you were there just before you were left to go on holly bobs. Uh, what did you make of it? How was the press conference? There was obviously plenty of media there, TV and 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 radio and print, and you got to have a sit down with the with the locals and, and speak to him and with that dodgy tash that you had for Movember or whatever it was, there's some sort of grizzle that was that was on your upper lip. Uh, so I'm sure that was a great first impression that you gave him. But um, what, did, uh, what did you make of just his, not just his, his responses and the way he talked, but his, his overall demeanour and, um, and, and, you know, just first, first impressions, really? Well, it was funny you mentioned the, the moustache because I was going to bring that up. I'm, <laughs> I'm very glad that Julian didn't uh, bring it up himself. Um, but I happened. He brought his dinner up when he saw it. <laughs> I happened to be sat right next to him in that sit down as well. I mean, I was the seat directly next to him, and when I was asking my questions, I was you know half a meter face to face from him, and he must have been thinking, "What the bloody hell is this guy oh, got in his face?" Slug on your um, But the problem is, at that point, and this was what this was the what was it, fifteenth of no, thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that. Fourteenth of, of, of it was. November, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. So. It wasn't at the best stage. I'll be honest with you, mate. Mm. By the time I shaved it off, it genuinely was strong. I'm, I'm, I'll show you. I'm not going to send you pictures because I know you'll tweet them out. So of course. I'm gonna, so, so I will show you when I see you in person. Okay. Um, okay. But genuinely, it was quite strong. The mustache, you said, yeah. The mustache. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> you're okay. a filthy. Anyway, um, and even though we had a question for the podcast today as well, again, slamming me for my attempt at facial hair. Excuse me, three hundred and seventy-five quid raised. I think. Oh, I, I love think that. I key think now. I deserve a little, a little clap. And to be fair, Judy, you, you put your fair share in as well, so I'll give you credit as well. Oh, um, I always got to look after you, don't I? Exactly, we're a good lad. Right, let's focus on the, what people are actually interested in. Yes, um, yes. And Julie, first of all, first of all, how do you pronounce it? Uh, it's a great, it's a great question. I still don't know. Um, what? I, I, know I, first... I know it's Julian, so it's, okay. it is a hard J. Is how so it is Julian, okay. But he never really addressed the the, the Lopetegui pronunciation so i think everyone's pretty much going with lopetegui so everybody's going with j-lo okay yeah it seems it seems fine um so yeah just for people who might not be aware of how the especially for this particular unveiling press conference worked um the broadcasters so radio tv all those guys they all go first uh we were sat in on it but we weren't asking questions um mm-hmm. at, at the time uh, he then went off and did all his photos um on the on the one new pitch with his backroom team um, and then it's a funny come... scarf picture that by the way <laughs> so every time I look at it I don't know why it just raises a giggle with them all holding a little bit of this this, this, this scarf it's just a funny picture it's I don't decent. know why it's not bad it's not bad it's not, it was um, I think it was an alright idea it was decent um, quite a nice setting where we did our sit down actually they, they took us into the Wolves Museum mm. um, it was my first time um, in there actually as well well was... I mean you've been in the job for a year and a half why, why, why would you have gone into the museum before to learn about more of the history but that's fine oh, I've got it all off the top of my head mate don't worry wow. um, well I had, had a look round first because we were waiting around for him for 10-15 minutes or so so I had a little wonder what are you around. trying to say he was late and you were peeved off no no he, we, we knew that he wasn't going to be there straight away don't try and <laughs> stir things mate it's unbelievable <laughs> what you do <laughs> I'm a journalist, um, mate. Come on. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was it was really quite um, it was really quite fitting actually. I thought having it in there and, and yeah, we had a sort of sit down round table. I think there was around about ten of us newspaper journalists in there. Um, and from the, you know the broadcast one and the sit down, um, I thought he came across really well. He his English wasn't 
incredible. It was, I think you can argue, slightly worse than Bruno Large's. He needed a little bit of, um, a little bit of help to, to, well, with certain words and, and sort of mm-hmm. certain questions, things like that. Um, Edu Rubio, one of the first team coaches um, who came from uh, West Ham Women, um, he was alongside him, sort of helping to translate. His English is very good, and he was helping yeah. to helping to translate. So that was a, a small thing, but it wasn't really much of a much of an issue. And I think his English will only get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, he he offered, I thought, quite a commanding presence. Um, he had a little bit of a laugh and joke with us when it was appropriate, but at the same time was very sort of uh, respectful, professional. He thought I thought he came across really well, and there is a slightly different. I know there's there's quotes today from Nathan Collins mentioning this word I'm about to use as well. There is that sort of aura around mm. him because he's had the pedigree, he's been there and done it for sure, at big clubs before. So um, he, it's like an assurance, like a, yeah. like a confidence, not 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 a cockiness, but just a yeah. confidence around him that you think everything's going to be okay. Which is is very flippant to say, and I'm not saying that I'm not taking anything for granted, but you do feel. Having him at the helm and just the way that, like you say, he's conducted, the way he's spoken, even the shots on the training ground, you just feel like there's there's something different there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a manager who comes in and commands uh, commands respect. Um, and at this time, the position Wolves are in, I think all the issues that they had towards the end of Bruno Large's time, I think it's the kind of assurance and aura of a person that you need around the training ground. Mm. This this team need a little bit of a kick up the arse, don't they? And, oh, absolutely. And, and, and he's definitely going to provide it, um, as well as being very friendly and open and uh, approachable with the players as well. That's the impression I get anyway. Of course, it's early days, but that's the impression I got, that he'll be able to offer both sides of the coin, which I think is a very difficult and fine balancing act to make. Um, but it's, it's what modern managers have to do often, because... You know, this isn't the the days of the of the nineties where you know you can you know the hair dry treatment you can kick lumps out of players and um, you know it's a little bit more sensitive these days and I think you have to play both sides of it with with modern footballers. Um, he seems, of course, time will tell, but he seems to to offer a bit of both and um, and I thought he came across really well. He dealt with a lot of the issues um, that we were throwing at him because of course there was plenty of questions on Raul his situation. Um, mm-hmm. on, on you know what positions he might go for in the transfer market, and you know he, he dealt with us well in the sense that he um, was respectful and, and answered questions as best he could. But at the same time, he's he wasn't a pushover. He he didn't want to answer something or didn't want to answer it in a certain way. He would make it make it very clear, but still offer us something to work with. So um, he made a very good first impression, and um, he's now got a massive job on his hands. So let's hope it all works out well. It's easy to say, but harder to do. Yeah, of course. Uh, look, and he's out with out with. The squad who are available at this moment in time in Marbella. So two games. We've mentioned one tomorrow, if you listen to this today, which is Friday. Um, and then one on the Wednesday, is it, Liam? Yes. So Friday is Empoli and then Wednesday is uh, Cadiz. OK. And uh, I guess well, we might see some of the in so-called bigger players in the second game, I guess. Or you know, the likes of Raul and, and maybe Huang... And maybe in that second game and the first game will be a mix and match or of the players that are available, would you it, say? It's difficult to say, really, because mm. the both teams are of a fairly similar level, um, both top flight in, in Italy and, and Spain, respectively. Um, and, of course, they've taken a handful of young players out there as well and, and some of the ones that were on the fringes of the team anyway. Um, but I would imagine it would probably be a, you know, a mix and match between 
both games. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're to hedge our bets, it's more likely that the Wednesday games with some of the other, Ralph, for example, and, and Huang to, to come in and play those ones probably more likely than not. So um, I think it, both games offer a good opportunity for, for Lopetegui to get an insight into his players. Of course, they did play a behind-closed-doors friendly at Compton against Birmingham last Saturday as well, just a 2-2 draw. Um, so, yeah, they, he's going to get an opportunity to see more of the players, get his ideas across, and then, at the same time, because fans can watch it for free on, on Wolves TV, both friendlies, they'll mm-hmm. get an opportunity to to have at least a hint at what Wolves are going to look like under Lopetegui up until we get to that Gillingham game. So the question is, formation-wise, what do you think we'll see? Or am I putting you on the spot too much? Oh, it, it, it is tough. I, I think... is, it, is, it, is it a regimented four or five that you think we'll see, depending on what... Because obviously, you know, you could say, do they go back to a to a back five or a back three because end of the day they need to start getting some results and if they got to win ugly for a few games and so be it or is it very much to who's available and who they're getting and who they sign as to whether this could be a fluid formation? I can absolutely see a world where they change to a five purely because of the position in the league, the fact that they were leaking a few goals towards mm-hmm. well, before just before the break really. Um, I can absolutely see that being a possibility but you look at and I can understand the reasons behind that as well, but you can look at Lopetegui's history as a manager, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. I think he'll stick with what he knows. I think the squad has been playing both of those formations um, pretty much all season, Um, and I think he will stick with that. And in the interests of getting goals out of this team, um, I think that's another reason why he will stick with that as well. So... I would be surprised if he didn't go with a four at the back. Um, but at the same time, I could understand a world in which in which that's possible, particularly, as you phrase it, to win ugly, at least in the short term, to get Wolves into a better position and then go from January onwards. But um, it'd be very interesting to see, from well, as a recording from tomorrow, um, as, to, as to how they line up. Got a question from Jathan Nuder, who says... He says, bearing in mind, first of all, he says, really like your work, Liam, which is, which is nice. That's nice very kind, thank you very much. Uh, he says, um, if they do play a 4-2-3-1, who's the striker away at Everton on Boxing Day? And if they play 4-2-3-1, who's the striker on January the 31st? It's a very good question. It's a thank very you. good question. I th- thank you. <laughs> um, I think Boxing Day, it's Raul Jimenez. Okay. And I think January 31st, I think it's a new signing. Ooh. Doesn't doesn't mean to say Jimenez has left the club as a one no. through, but I do think no. that um, there's a new signing in the door and and they get the starter. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Uh, well, let, let's go. Let's go then. Let's go. Let's go to the signings then, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll then go back onto the staff before we start asking uh, asking or answering some some questions. Um, look, two people who are obviously very much in. Um, in discussions at this moment in time, Lopetegui's mentioned it as well himself. So uh, you've written a story today. Lopetegui's spoken um, to the media about about these two players for the for the first time. So probably just look at positions, look about where they are going to sign, how much money you could have available, and of course these two people who are, seem to be at the forefront of uh, of Lopetegui's thoughts on, on bringing them to uh, bringing them to Wolverhampton. 
Yes, so it's um, a pair of Brazilian players, uh, both from Atletico Madrid. Oh, I love a pair of Brazilians. I knew you'd say that. I set you up perfectly. Um, <laughs> Matias Cunha and uh, Felipe. Um, Cunha is a, is a forward striker, uh, Felipe centre-back. Um, both sort of different ends of the spectrum, not only in their positions, but also in their sort of experience. Uh, Felipe's mm. 30... Oh, God, I've just realised off the top of my head, I might have forgotten. I think he's 33. Um, I am searching it as we speak. 33, yes. Why do I ever doubt myself? Of course. Um, and and Kuna's 23. Um, he's had, Kuna, this is, has had eight uh, Brazil caps. Uh, Felipe's had two. Um, you know, different in, in experience on, on a few different uh, a few different areas. But two players who have played at, you know, a good level for throughout their careers. Um, Kuna, of course, is still building his way up. Um, and, and Wolves are interested in both of them, so it's they're looking at striking a deal for for the pair. Whether that comes as a as a package deal or two individual um, transfers, but they're looking at bringing them both in if they can. Um, kind of fee we're talking about here. So fees is, is a little bit up in the air at the moment because I, I actually was told today that they've not agreed anything on numbers as of yet. Um, so it's difficult to say until we can hear more, really. But um, I, I as, as far as I understand it, they are looking at permanent deals for for both of them if they can. Um, and it, it, on the face of it, it, makes sense because you're bringing in a striker who had good pedigree at good, good European level, Champions League level uh, in Kuna, and you're bringing in a defender in Felipe who's very experienced, um, who's not really played this season. I think he's played three times in all competitions. He's going to be eager to, to go out and play somewhere. Um, now, that's on the on the surface, of the on the face of it, but you look at it, and particularly with Kuna, he hasn't scored in 17 mm. appearances in all competitions this season. He only got seven last year in all competitions. Um, before that, he was at Hertha Berlin, uh, where he did a, he played regularly and, and did score, hence why Atletico Madrid bought him. Before that, was at Leipzig and did okay. So, um, he, he has so had this goals the player, in his career. Is, it, is this the player that we could be seeing... On January thirty first, starting with with his with his scoring record that's struggling. Look, I mean, if he was more likely, could see yeah. could see could see something in him. Then it doesn't mean to say that this guy's not 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 going to score any more goals or whatever. I mean, I, I would have thought that he Lobotigi been been the manager he is has probably identified him as someone who's who's underperforming, but he can get you know a tune out of him, and all of a sudden that's that's how you that's how you make massive profit, get someone in and and scoring goals, and you see that in someone. Absolutely. Look, there's there's no suggestion here that he's going to be a bad signing for Wolves, but you have to look at it objectively and say he hasn't been prolific in the last two seasons or season and a half, if we're going to be fair to him. Mm. Um, and Wolves at the moment are struggling for goals. So that's the only real concern that I can see looking at him. Equally, as you just said, I think it's very fair to, to say that Lopetegui will have seen something. He worked in Spain, of course. He's going to know the player. Um, he's going to know what he'll offer and you would back him as the manager he is to bring in the type of players that Wolves are going to need to, to get them out of trouble. So I think you have to trust him to do that and you have to hope that, that Kuna comes in and, and, and does the business. Equally, Wolves are, are facing competition for both of these players. Villa, Everton, Leeds, all reportedly interested in Kuna. Besiktas reportedly interested in Felipe. So it's not cut and dry that Wolves are going to get either of these players, but they're very, mm-hmm. they're very interested. They're in talks with them, uh, or in talks to get them rather, um, and they've got to agree a fee and then agree personal terms. So there's plenty to do. But we also know how quickly things happen in football. So I'm sure it won't be long till we hear more. Um, just playing devil's advocate, let's say Felipe signs. Does he come in as? someone who can add experience and squad depth or does he come in for someone who's like well if you're going to sign me you're starting me and if so who's at risk 
if they play a four? Or do you think that they would play a five if he came in? It's a really difficult one to answer because I think you bring in a player like that, I don't think you bring him in without the idea of playing him. Mm-hmm. Um, Even still, though he's played only two games a season? Well, that's obviously the major issue with him and, and, and the idea of bringing him in, but he is going to want to go somewhere that he's playing regularly. Um, particularly at 33 years old, he wants to play mm. football. Um, you could argue Wolves need some experience right now. In the centre-back department, they lost uh, Sice, Cody and Bolly, and haven't replaced them. Of course, Nathan Collins came in, but I, I felt at the time that that was a supplement to what they had really and that they needed um, they needed more than the centre-backs they've been left with because, of course, they've got two young lads in Totti Gomez and Mosquera as backup. So I think he comes in as a player who... If he wait, if he does come in, that you need, that you need to play, um, and that will be expecting to play. And I think in a four, of the two centre backs in Collins and Kilman that are there at the moment, it's probably Collins that drops out. Oh, I, interesting. I would say. But I say that with a heavy heart almost because I think that um, by and large, for the most part, I think Collins has been has been good. Um, there's been times where he's been shaky, and, and of course he's had difficult games. He had the sending off, etc. But I think he's been overall a fairly good signing for Wolves. Of the signings they brought in, probably the, the, the best one in the summer, which is not the not not the most difficult uh, accolade to achieve, unfortunately, at the moment. But um, I think he'd be a little bit harshly done by. But I think with a little bit of rotation, um, bringing this Felipe in if he does if he does arrive, having his experience, his leadership, you would you would you would expect at the age he is. I think it will hopefully help Wolves. And Collins is twenty one. He's got plenty mm. of years ahead of him. If he does drop out, even if it's for a few weeks, I th- it potentially might do him good as well. So I can see that being, at this stage, the most realistic thing to happen. But it'd be interesting to see if he does come in Felipe and if they do make any more additions in that department as well. It is good to see smiles on faces, even when they're out there. You know, you... And look, no disrespect to Bruno, he, he's gone now. But you do feel that Bruno was still in charge and it kept his job, let's say, throughout the, the World Cup when they were going to Marbella. You could see the likes of Pedence and Traore and, and Moutinho just getting onto that plane, heads down. But I know anyone could snap a picture or snap a video or whatever and, and they look happy. But you think that if they are going to be there, especially someone like Traore and Pedence at the moment in time, Traore looks like a different person. Honestly, he does. He's smiling, he's running about. That's going to be a massive thing, and it's something that probably they're going to do a piece on in the next couple of weeks, that, that you know, this is the kind of guy that, that could get Adama Traore to sign a new deal, regardless of whether his contract's expiring or not, and that he can talk to the clubs from January the 1st, because because this is a guy you want to play for, and, and I think will be one of the main benefits. I think there's a question later on. I think he could be one of the main benefits of the Lopetegui area, I really do. Uh, and I hope it is, because I'm a big fan of his. But... Because it must be difficult, especially for for Pedent and, and Moutinho as well. You know, Moutinho are probably the most out of all. I mean, look, they're out there. They're obviously going to be watching the World Cup. You know, what, what's it like for... I know Pedent's only had a small slither, so we didn't expect that. But someone like Moutinho to be watching those those Portugal games must be delighted, but it must be hurting him as well. You know, that's tough to watch. But when you're out there, when you've got a fresh face, when you've got someone who's who's potentially believing in you, who knows that how important someone like that, I'm not saying he's going to be starting every single game, but someone who you can really rely on that kind of experience for the next six months if you're going to stay up in this league, um, to have someone like Lopetegui there does help, doesn't it? Because that must be that must be a, 
a tough situation for him uh, watching on at this moment in time and seeing them doing so well when he's he's probably one of the the last one or two who missed out on on being out there especially as a player who's been such a regular for Portugal huge he's got an incredible number of caps it's 140 odd isn't it off, off the top of my head it's uh, in, incredible so um you can, you can imagine his disappointment. I know the Portugal manager came out and didn't name him, but he did say, look, there's there's players that I didn't bring that I... He basically publicly apologised to them. Mm. And, and you can imagine that um, Matinho is one of those that he's referring mm-hmm. to. For sure, of course. Um, it, it must be difficult for him to watch that. But I think there is that good feeling around the training ground, around Wolves at the moment, because you brought in a manager like Lopetegui. It's a fresh start for everyone. Um, we've gone through already the the pedigree of his CV, CV, but that is, you know, it speaks for itself, and and the players are going to see that and know that. Um, and then I'll take you back to the Nathan Collins quotes today as well. You know, he's talking about someone of this pedigree, and I'm a young player. How could I not want to work hard and learn from them because it's going to help my game mm-hmm. as well as help Wolves. So, even someone like Mitinha, who is so experienced, he's going to learn something from Lopetegui, and he's the kind of player that wants to become a manager as well. So. He's going to not just in a footballing uh, or you know, playing side of things, but as a manager, as a person, as a coach, can take things from Lopetegui over the next few months if that's as long as Moutinho is here or beyond that. So um, I think he, you know, he he looks happier definitely, and and I think you're right about other players. Now again, what you said about the pictures and in terms of get on the plane, you know, you can just snap a picture and, and it looks. You know, it, it only says says so much, and it could be that you know they, they look happy on the pictures, but I think we have to take it on face value, and that the players look like they're f- full of energy at the moment, and hopefully we'll see more of that in the in the um, in the friendly tomorrow, and and hopefully more of that when when competitive action returns, because of course mm. that's, the, that's the most important thing. So those are the players. Let's talk a bit about the staff. Um, any staff? I mean, we've talked about it, and the, the the stories are there, and you can go on the Express and Star. Dot com forward slash wolves to, to get all the latest of, of, of the staff, but just the latest staff movements that um, that have happened, I guess, since we've been away. Um, I'm not talking about too many of the backroom staff, but of course, um, we've got to talk about Scott Sellers departing and also that they've kept a couple of, or, or, or one particular staff member as well, who's who's still on the books. So maybe just give us the latest on on those. Of course, Scott was obviously very much, you know, two or three weeks ago now, just as we'd just as we'd finished. But of course, you know, the wicked never never get to sleep, do they? So you obviously had to sort that one out, Liam. But um, but Scott, and then, and then moving on to uh, to other staff. Yeah, I, I was I was sat in a in a bar in Poland. Shock, shock. I mean, you could start that <laughs> sentence off with anything. <laughs> when I was uh, putting my messages and tweets together for um, for Sellers' departure, but um, yeah, it was it was um, it was very interesting because you, you've you've seen how Wolves and how Jeff Shee has, has um, really gone for wholesale changes. Uh, it's a result of really the position Wolves have, have found themselves in and he 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 felt clearly that heads needed to roll. So they're going to say it's a result of the podcast when we're talking about tactics boards. I was like, no, don't say that. No chance. Um, no chance. It's it's um it's been coming for some time, hasn't it? The fan frustration was obviously there vocally, and he was under a lot of pressure. And look, someone someone probably had to take the can, and, and and Scott Sellers was the one on this occasion. Do you feel that it was the right decision? Do you feel that he's maybe been? A bit unlucky, and maybe certain other people maybe got away with it a little bit, or or do you think that this is something that had to happen under the new, the new era of the Lopetegui era? 
I absolutely stand by what I said before that he was being unfairly targeted uh, at times. Look, he, of course, he deserved criticism for the position Wolves found themselves in. He, you know, he and no one else can get away with that. Um, but equally, you know, Jeff Shee makes all the decisions, and he was being, uh, in some ways, scapegoated for the position Wolves found themselves in. So um, I felt that some of the you know, targeting of him was a little bit unfair. But equally, um, his position at the club almost became a little bit of a of a black cloud over the club because Wolves fans were not gonna were not gonna forgive him or let him or let him off. You know, his he he had gone too far. I think the fans wanted him gone, and and the decision was made. And to be honest, I think it was made because of the fans and because of that reaction. Do you think, think that's very part very of it? much? Very, it takes a very yeah, plays a big part in it. Equally, Wolves' position, how they've fared this season. Mm. is also a massive part of it. Sometimes heads have got to roll, and on this occasion, a couple have. Um, and albeit, I think Scott has been a little bit unfairly treated, um, or perhaps a little bit harshly done by. Uh, at the same time, it's probably the right decision, um, not just for Wolves to move on, but equally for him to take himself out of the limelight a little bit, um, get out himself out, out of the crosshairs, really, um, and, and take stock, because look, we all know what it's like on social media. I mean, me and you have, have had bits as well at times that, you know, sometimes you need to get away from it. So I think for him, it might be, it might be best on a personal level as well. So um, replacement, yeah. he went. Um, Matt Hobbs came in. Um, of course, was sort of chief scout and chief of recruitment before that. Has held several jobs at Wolves over several years um, across various scouting departments and comes in as a as a sporting director, not as a technical director. So of course, as a um, marginal difference there in that, um, and I think it's it's probably a good move because Wolves have got someone who knows the club, who knows the recruitment structure. Um, he's been very heavily involved in in recruitment um, over the years, and his focus has been less on academy, but of course his focus is going to be more broad now. But um, he comes in and, and is aware of where Wolves need to go and and, and how they need to improve. Um, equally, it wasn't. You know, a huge name that was going to excite fans. I think you could see that from from the announcement at the time. But as long as, well, the next few months are going to tell their own story. As long as they go well, um, I don't think anyone's really going to care in the long term. No, and uh, a certain a certain Wales goalkeeper coach is uh, is still on the um, still on the old staff. Yes, the the announcement came out about Tony Roberts um, staying on, which we'd already put out, obviously, because Lopetegui had, had revealed it at his press conference, but officially announced that he was staying on. He's over in Spain already. I, I don't know how he gets any time off because he finished with Wales mm. and pretty much straight into into training with Wolves. Um, so credit to him. He's very highly thought of at Wolves. The the the, the players like him, uh, staff like him, and he hence why he's the only one who survived. Not only Bruno Large being sacked, but survived a new manager coming in as well. I mean, that takes that takes some doing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pleased for him, and I hope I hope it yeah is a is a lot more fruitful and successful over the next uh, next few months than it has been previously. Uh, alongside him, announced at the same time was Borja Di Alba Alonso, which is a mouthful um, coming in. Um, again, this is one that we already knew about, but officially confirmed by Wolves now. He comes in as a second. Uh, fitness coach alongside Oscar Caro, um, so two fitness coaches. He was previously at Sevilla. He spent five years at Sevilla, so of course worked with with Lopetegui, um over there, and um, and yeah, arrives uh, arrives at Molineux. So it's it's interesting they've gone with two fitness coaches. I think that's going to be a big focus, high intensity, 
putting this team through the ring and you know really having them fit and raring, raring and ready to go. Um, and the training session is going to be tough, and I think that's probably what they need at this point. What do you think the main thing is the need to improve? I mean, obviously, they need to improve their goal-scoring record, of course. That's that's. But um, do you think fitness is, is something? Do you think, think it's attitude? Do you think it's um, technique? Do you think it's all of the above? Um, you know, is it just having a plan? Sometimes I feel like didn't have a plan. And, and will there be a leader that will emerge, do you feel? Um, could there be a captaincy switch? Uh, what, what are the main changes that you think will happen under this this new regime? I think with Wolves in the position they found themselves in, fitness and, and attitude have almost gone hand in hand. I think if you take one of of this squad, pick pick a player and have them physical endurance tests alongside any other Premier League player, I don't think they, you know, depends of course on who the two players are, but I don't think they're going to be drastically far off. I don't think Wolves are going to be are an unfit team by any means. Um, but I do think confidence. so. You think it's attitude because we've seen players walking yeah, in the middle exactly. of games, haven't I've seen, we? Uh, exactly. Uh, we all know who, who we're talking about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's attitude. I think it's confidence, um, willingness, desire. I think there's not all players, definitely not, but there's been some that have been guilty of that. Um, and partly the changes and partly you know, the, the way the staff has been structured is going to be to address that. Um, equally, they're going to want them to be high intensity. And I think fitness levels can and will be improved, hence two fitness coaches. Uh, I think that's that's without a doubt. I think we'll see players running further, running harder, quicker. I think it will. I think all of those will improve, and in turn, results and performances should improve as well. So um, it's a little bit of both, really. I think, um, and they've got to make these changes fairly quickly. But I think at the same mm-hmm. time, the, the World Cup break has come at a decent time for Lopetegui and his, and his staff to be able to get those ideas across. Excellent. Um, don't know about you, Kino, but I walked into uh, the house the other day and obviously, you know, got to save on the old heating bills and it was freezing. But I can't be, I can't be, I can't be just banging on the heat in my garage, turning it up because it's going to kill me. So I just took one of those little small, you know, little space hoppers, filled the room up, um, banged it on max heat for half an hour and then it was good and toasty and I was good for the rest of the night. Would you do, can I do the same? I would absolutely do the same because the bills are through the roof. 60 quid that cost me a couple of years ago. Kino, what about if I could say to you that at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk you could get one of these folding quartz heaters, 800 watts, that's going to save absolute packet on energy for £30. You are pulling my leg. No, I am pulling your leg because it's not 30. <laughs> oh, no way. It's it's not even 20. What? It's £10, Kino. It's oh, 10 of your now. English pounds. We're going there in January, by the way. I've got to tell you the date. I've got to tell you this on, on our... We have a little conference call before before we go on. We're actually, we're actually, we're actually going to see Mr. Kettle and Toast on himself in January. So, But 10 quid. 10 quid for a little space hopper heater. Portable. I mean, for me, you, you go there with 30 quid, you get three of them around the house and happy days. Even on Bang. my 15 grand a year, I, even, I, even I'll buy one of them. Mate, on my 500 grand a year, <laughs> I'd, buy, I'd buy a couple. Um, look, it's tenner. I couldn't believe it. Ten pounds. That's incredible. I could, I'm, not, I'm genuinely not even joking. I actually could do one. And that's going on the list when, when we go Mate, visit. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm looking at it now. I'm stunned. Um, also, now, I, I'm the, we always have a battle. And I think a lot of 
couples have battles with this. Well, we have a lot of battles in life. Mine is of the heating, so Lana likes the Alana likes a warm room to go to sleep in. I like a cool room. So I like, I need a, I need 19 degrees. I need 68, because I feel like you sleep better when you're cooler. So she has to have an electric blanket with her at all times um, to sleep. Um, looking here now again, electric blanket, easy home, double electric blanket. It's one of those where you plug in, um, you know, you put the, the setting on one to nine or whatever. Just makes the, the, the bed a little bit warmer at night. You can put it under the top of your duvet for however long you want. £13.49. Mate. I mean, people be buying these these things this, this winter and they'll be spending nearly 100 quid on two of these things. You get, you're getting changed for 25 quid. You're getting £1.79 for a back for, for off 25 quid for and you can get you can get a double cheeseburger on the way home for the drive through you're talking my language now i know that's what i'm trying to make it to you i'm trying to try to sell it to you fantastic that you can't knock it can you i'll be filling my car on my boot is going to be chocker you're going to be like del boy mate by the end of it when you come <laughs> out of there uh can't wait kettleandtoasterman.co.uk also Football prizes. There's no Wolves prize this week, but there is £1,000 of tax-free cash. Again, I'm talking your language, Kino. Here we go. Um, only £3.99 to enter. Competition ends on the 12th of December. They're giving away £1,000 tax-free cash to the winner. They're giving away £1,500 to, um, to, to second. There's over 50 instant wins. Some of 100, some of 25 quid, some of 50, some of a tenner, some of a fiver. £3.99 is your cost. Uh, there's 600 tickets sold already, but there's 1,500 tickets available. So look, if they don't, if they only sell 700, then you've got a better chance, haven't you? So get yourself involved, £3.99. Uh, and that is with football prizes. 10% discount code with Wolves Poddy if you enter that. Right, we're running a little bit over, but we haven't been on for three weeks, so I don't really give a damn, to be honest, because let's let's get to um, let's get to what the people want to know, and that is the questions. Well, Are you ready for Mr. I'm afraid we can't. Uh -oh. Oh crap! You what have, have out? you have. Uh, I don't wait until after the sponsorship message oh, no. to mention that you've forgotten oh, no. one staff member who left that we need to talk about. Rob Chakravarty. Mm. Oh, of course. How could you forget, Doctor Rob? Doctor Rob, we have. Well, let, let's talk about him then. I mean, um, yes, gone. Wasn't here too long. Was one who got quite a bit of stick as well. Let's be honest on the socials. Um, what do you make of that? Was it a bit of a shock or not? Um, well, it's going to be quite a, a quick segment, I think, because it, I'm going to chalk it up to a, a fairly. Hey, you've pulled me up on this now. I've, I'm, I've, I'm giving you 19 minutes on it. I like, to, I like to make you look silly, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, slightly, slightly similar with the sort of description to the seller situation, where um, I think the medical team have been a little bit scapegoated in the sense that they've been unlucky. Um, I don't think they've particularly done anything wrong with, with, with injuries um, and I think the players have been in, in good nick and good preparation and you know things happen um, so a little bit unfair on that on, on that front, ah, but, but Liam there's been there's been situations where guys have guys have got months of injuries overcome gone back onto the pitch wait a second I'm just about to say that but my biggest and only uh, criticism really is players being injured during games on the sidelines and coming back on then coming off again and being out for months on end. Neto being a, a prime example. Mm -hmm. So that I really don't understand, and, and I wish I could give an explanation for it, but I can't. Um, I, I really don't understand it, and I think that is um, a lapse in judgment, perhaps, and deserved criticism, 100%, without a doubt. Um, on him personally, Rob Travati, I mean, neither of us knew him uh, particularly well. We, we'd met him a couple of times in, in pre-season. Mm -hmm. 
but similarly he was unliked by the fans. I think the medical team as a whole was was getting stick, and then it slowly turned um, onto him toward, towards the end of before the break. Um, it's a combination of things, though. When these, when, when you've got injuries, when you're losing games, when you're bottom of the table, these p- people are always going to call out certain certain individuals, aren't they? And then it's yeah, a kind of, of a snowball effect that happens, isn't it? And whether that's whether that's um, legitimate or very unfortunate, that this is what happens when you are uh, unfortunately losing games and, and 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 injuries are happening. It happens at all clubs. No, exactly. And I think it's similar with with Scott Sellers. I think that it's probably the right decision that he's left because Wolves need a fresh start, and that is not only in the building and with the people that are, that are there, but also in terms of the fans' perceptions. Um, two people have left now, in which the fans are taking a dislike to. Um, doesn't mean that Wolves should base their decisions purely off fan sentiment, but I think it plays a part in Wolves having this fresh start when some heads have rolled, and he's another one that has that has hit the chopping block. Um, just before going to questions, just a couple more on the on the on the World Cup. First of all, great for Sace the other day. Oh, I hope he does play in that in that quarter. But it was it was, it was great seeing him and and you know was one of I think one of the fan favourites, one of one of our favourites, and. I do think that you know you talk about senior players and, and them getting rid of them and, and, and Lopetegui bringing in, of course, different different types of senior players, senior players or one senior player, maybe two senior players. We'll see how many they bring in in January. But that kind of experience level, for, for me, essential really. And uh, it's no coincidence for me that he's captaining Morocco and that they've gone on and and are doing and, and are doing great things. So so well done to him. I guess if we're being in the loosest form. Of Wolves player still in the tournament. Connor Cody's still there as a Wolves player. Very loose, but we'll take very, it. Very, very loose. I, I have got a question. Look, I know you've been asked this many times, so I'm just going to give you this scenario because I was thinking about this the other day in the bath. You don't have to think about me in the bath. Just think about me ask, thinking a question don't. in the bath. Um, many people would. Um, and it is, I understand that the fee's been agreed, blah, 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 and that it's almost a formality that he's going to go. Um, but with caveats, let's say, and this is, reversal of what the situation is at the moment but a likely scenario let's be honest if Wolves avoided relegation Liam and Everton went down then is there a get out clause for Everton not to sign him or could, could that deal be scuppered and that he could end up back okay he might move on to another club but but not Everton and be at Wolves because from a wages point of view of course if Everton go down you've got to think that, that that's probably going to be a, a, a scenario where they might not be able to afford him well, it's it's an option, not an obligation, isn't it? With mm-hmm. with them buying him, so if, if Cody doesn't want to stay, I think it's unlikely that Everton take the option up. Mm. Simple as that, really. So, mm. um, and if they go down and Wolves don't, you would imagine he probably doesn't want to stay. I mean, that yeah, you know, we're we're assuming here, but I think that that's a pretty fair assumption. So yeah, um, yeah, there, there's a world in which in which that's possible. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, these things that pop in. We can't get off the brain. We can't get off the brain sometimes, can we? So yes. I was just thinking about little things. And, you know, I watched a video with him today and, you know, he's in the diary chair and talking a little bit about Wolves or about head tennis. And, you know, and, and, and I, I, I get some people have blanked him from the ETH that they're, you know, they're, he's, he's not one of us, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I still enjoy seeing him and I'm still kind of proud of what he's done and proud of uh, as, as what he's done as a Wolves player. It's a shame that... That he's, you know, he's he's not a Wolves player now, and um, I guess it remains to be seen if he'd stayed at Wolves, would he be at that World Cup now? 
I think I think it's anyway. probably a toss of a coin. No, I think he would have played games, but maybe not. I think he was going regardless. I think Southgate. Did you think he was going regardless? Yeah, I really okay. Did, yeah. Mm. Okay. But um, but yeah, just an interesting one to to throw that in there. Okay, let's let, let's speak to the real people, not Jathan, not Nathan, but but the the real important people, and that's that is the fans. Okay, here we go. Supergran asks, 23 games to go, gentlemen. How many do Wolves win? Oh, 23. So they've they've won, what is it, 2 in 15? I don't know. I can't, when did they win a game? I can't remember. I think, I think that's the 19 right what? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say mm-hmm. 23. I'm going to say they win 23. 9. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I've got, I've got 10, so so we're in, we're in the same. And, and by the way... If they do win nine or ten, that's Premier League safety. Yeah, I so, think, yeah, exactly. So, so that's the most important thing in this. You know, you add a few draws to that, and I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think nine or ten. Um, what are they on at the moment? They're on ten points at the moment. You win ten games. You win ten games. You're on forty. You're safe. You win nine games. You're safe. So, you know, you, you can almost go a little bit under that, and with some draws, you should be okay as well. But I do agree. I think I think around that nine or ten mark, then then that's that's. Um, that would be ideal. Okay, here we go. Next question. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, do you think Adama will sign a new contract or will he go? If you had to gun to your head now. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. So obviously Adama's situation has been a weird one, hasn't it? Because he hasn't, he's, he's had all this time where he could have signed a contract and then turned it down, then turned Spurs down, then went off to Barcelona. That didn't work out and... Yeah, that wasn't a great seller's quote, was it? He did put him in the shop window and we did great for the club. I mean, again, one of the things that didn't help when when, when things like that are commented upon. Agreed. Um, so it's a very much a wait-and-see scenario, but the attitude's changed slightly in that, look, he, he's he's happy. Lopetegui likes him. There is definitely a possibility, I wouldn't rule it out, that he could sign a new contract, which is definitely... A, sm- a small shift from a definite no that we had previously. Mm. Um, so there is a small shift there that it's, it's it's not impossible. He wouldn't rule it out. But equally, he can speak to clubs in January. We, we don't know really money-wise whether Wolves would, would be prepared to offer him what they had offered him before, which was a big deal, or whether he might get more elsewhere. It depends what kind of clubs are interested in him, what sort of level he's looking mm. at. Um, so there's a lot of ifs and buts, but it's definitely not impossible that he could sign uh, a deal. It depends on how the next few weeks and months go. But Lopetegui likes him. Um, if he if he plays and does well, he seems happy. It, it's possible. So um, a slight glimmer of hope in comparison to what we had before, but not a major update as as of yet. It's a funny one though, isn't it? It's almost a catch twenty two because if he is maybe on the periphery and on the bench and we see a little bit of him and he's not, you know, he doesn't really get going, then, you know, you probably, he's probably going to go. But then, but then if he's playing Lopetegui really likes him and he's starring and he's doing great, then loads of clubs are going to want him well, exactly, and he's going to be yeah. free. So it's like, it's, you know, you almost have to get him early and, and get him in, get him invested because the longer it goes on, the more likely he is to go. So that's a, it's a, it's a strange one, but look, They've still got a chance, and like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, I, I hope he stays. Uh, so, so that's that, right? Okay. Uh, Jared Kelsey says, okay, we've talked about um, the centre forwards. Um, he's put so many poor choices and performances from Johnny this year. Do we let him go in January? But I'll, 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 ex- I'll ex- extend that to 
do you think, and we're talking about players potentially coming in, I'm sure Lopetegui has had you know assurances that there will be money available. We talked about two players and there could be more. Um, can you see players being sold and going? It's uh, Yes, um, but I think it would very much depend on style and where Lopetegui sees certain players fitting into to his team, particularly with right-back. It's, it's, it's a bit of an enigma right-back because... Johnny has been very poor, without a doubt. Semedo has been slightly better, but very, very inconsistent. Um, but Lopetegui will know he can get more out of both of those players. We've seen more from both of them already in a Wolves shirt plenty of times. So there is certainly potential to get more out of them, depending on, on the system and how he wants to play. Um, it's not. I know there's another question about will we sign a right-back, so I'll, I'll link this in as well um, to say... It's difficult to say at this point because goals are arguably more important. We know that Wolves are looking at, at forwards um, and I think centre-back probably is more important as well. I think with the options that are there at right-back, you can make it work without signing someone. Um, but it very much depends on how Tomato or Johnny take to the new ideas from, from the new coach uh, and improve, to be honest. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on right-back because it's been an area that Wolves have to do a lot better in. Um but equally, they've got the players, I think, to do better in it. Um, there was also one of the questions about right-back mentions, Hoover and Boller, uh, both out on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe there's any recall on Hoover, so I don't think that's possible anyway. Um, but What about it, Dyson? Say again? What about Dyson? Oh, very good. I'm not even going to laugh because it was terrible. No, um, recall. No, okay. you're better. You're better than that, mate. Come on. I'm not. People uh, no, you're right. Me. No, you're right. In, you're not. You're right. Been in the job for eight years. People know I'm not. Um, Carry on. And Bola, who of course is out on loan, the Hungarian lad. Um, it seems unlikely that he's going to be a kind of player that's sort of ready and prepared to come to this level yet. I know Totti Gomez did, but they were pretty extreme circumstances with him, and, and mm. he did really well. But I don't think Bola's probably there yet. Okay, um, there's a few people who've always answered. We've kind of answered the questions we've gone along. So, Bradders, we've answered yours. Stu, I've answered yours privately. Ollie, I've answered your. We've kind of answered yours. Uh, Bryce says, if you could pick one player from the World Cup completely based on only their World Cup performances to play for Wolves, who would it be? I mean, if it was going to sign permanently, you've got to think that I'll take Ramos at the moment, well, playing yeah. up front the rest of the season. Uh, Mbappe would get on the bench. He, he, he might make the, the Wolves squad. Yeah, yeah, he might get, just maybe, about... Well, get him in the 21s first as an yeah. overage player, maybe. I think that's um, just Just let him just let him chill first. Maybe get you know him and Lembekisa linking up a little bit and then we can work on it and maybe <laughs> integrate him into the full squad. Yeah, and, and you never know. He might be good enough. We'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah, yeah. It could be, it could be a disaster, to be honest. Anyone else who's uh, caught your eye? I'm struggling to be honest, mate. I'm struggling because um, I'm trying to think of players that would be realistic, obviously for Wolves to sign. So mm. uh, Bellingham, he'll do, he'll do fine. Messi's off the table, ironically. Um, yeah, I, I'm giving, I'm, I'm drawing up a blank, I'm afraid. That Neves kid, get him in. He's all right. Get him he's in. Not bad. Uh, Roberto says, do you think there will be a noticeable drop off Portuguese players under the new regime? Um. I don't necessarily think so. I think, you know, George Mendes and Guestafio still have, of course, a big say in Wolves and, and had a big influence. Um, at the same time, Wolves have also, in the last year to 18 months, have 
haven't of course totally moved away from Portuguese or guest of view, but have also made some inroads in signing other players, i.e. a Nathan Collins, for example. Um that are outside of that that bubble, I suppose. Um so I think you might see a, a mixture still, but I don't think you will totally go away from it. Um unless there was a probably a a ripping up of the, the relationship that Wolves have with, with that that certain agent. So yeah, I think probably a mixture is um is the is the way they'll go. Mm. Uh there's a few similar questions here. Ben Curtis, Gail, Tom, Southall, um Ben asking, who do you think will kick on and be the top scorer from now? Um, Gail and Tom asking, who do you think will shine under Lopetegui? And, and kind of Ben says, golfing Lopetegui is going to make Geddes his main man, and I'm all for it, he says. Geddes, you know, we, we kind of insinuated, I guess, in the, in, in the walking football that we've seen a little bit earlier on in the podcast, but but definitely someone who's underperformed from from what he's... As a, let's be honest, the majority of the squad, have done the half-term report, it's been shocking. But him especially has been someone who's really disappointed and and someone who needed, maybe you talk about an aura and, and someone like Lopetegui to come in to kind of transform him. Do you think someone like Geddes could be one of the, the main people to be transformed under this new regime? Or do you feel that someone else could benefit and maybe come out of, as, as being as being a huge star from maybe just being, you know, threatening, threatening to um, threatening to break through? When I heard this question, one of the first names that came to mind was Adama Traore, and, mm-hmm. one, and the other one was Geddes, genuinely. So it works pretty well that that, that person's mentioned him in the question. So um, I do think that there's a hell of a lot more to come from him. What we've seen is, um, I, I think, to be honest, a poor attitude and um, lack of desire, and for the most part, very much underperforming. However... He, he's got it in his locker. We know he's got it in his locker. He's been there and done it. He's played at big clubs. He's done well in big leagues, in big competitions. So we know that he can do it. And I think, and I maybe hope more than judgment, that Lopetegui will get something out of him. And and if he does, because he has scored goals as well in his career, that I think then Wolves can really benefit from that. And Wolves need to, to be honest, because you know, twenty-seven and a half million outlay on him. You've got to get something back from that. Mm, mm, I agree. Uh, Jungi says, any fun, interesting stories from your recent breaks? A train trip across Europe must have given you a few stories to tell. Yeah, I did think about this and then came to a conclusion that I had very little to say. Oh, <laughs> which come is, on. Which is really sad. I mean, look, there Do was... Do you not befriend any any drunken uh, World Cup supporters in one of the bars in I'll, your many cities? I'll give I'll give you one, which is a small... It's quite a funny one. So I was in, was in Budapest one of our last nights. We were at this sort of street food marketplace... Um, and we were just leaving to go into what they call ruin bars. I don't know if you've ever been to Budapest. Um, basically, they're just sort of... I have, I've, been, I've been to... Yes, I've been to Budapest, yes. Yeah, these ruin bars, they're sort of just sort of funky. They're called ruin bars because they're meant to be sort of dilapidated, but then they turn them into... Or they had bright light. Yeah, they're quite cool. But we went into one of these anyway. But as we were going from one to the other, we were just leaving this street market, and there was an English, <laughs> Englishman... <laughs> Who was wasted, um, and this was at like it wasn't even late. I think it was at like nine p.m. or something. Um, absolutely wasted, and he was shouting at this woman who was behind this food stall, calling. <laughs> I think I can say this word. I don't think it's a bad word. He was calling cool. her a skank um, oh and screaming at the top of his voice. And there was a massive bouncer who was basically asking him to oh, leave no. and, and, and pushing him away. 
And then this guy was like trying to get back in, and he gave him this bouncer gave him an almighty shove. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy was still trying to get back in, still trying to get back in. Um, and then he and he was like, "Come on!" Then like trying to fight this guy who was like three times the size of him. This guy was wearing a tweed jacket. Oh no! Honestly, mate, he was such a knob. Was um, he called Liam? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and, and I. This sounds so bad, but I made Rosie stand there with me so I could watch what happened because <laughs> because I find those kind of things so funny. I'm just like, I just want to watch what happens because I just the guy's such an idiot. Anyway, he ends up just wandering off randomly, and then the bouncer. I'm stood right next to the bouncer, and he turns around and he ends up re- he like realizes that we're English. And he, we ended up having a conversation with him, and we were sort of oh, having, no. we were having a laugh with him, and we were like, oh, you know, not all, no, I was not all English, all English people are like this. He was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he just turned to me and went, uh, "If that was a real, I try and do the accent. If that was a real fight, <laughs> he, he, he can talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger he, was going to come on there. He, he, he went, if that was a real fight, he'd be in cemetery, I'd be in jail. Oh, and I went, Jesus, <laughs> mate. I was like, he was, he's so stone cold face the way he said Oh, it. yeah, stone cold. I was oh, he's, like, oh, mate, he's killing, that was he's killing. terrifying. Um, so that was pretty fun. I mean, other than that, there's no, not like, I mean, we went into like this vodka bar in Poland and having all these flavoured vodkas and stuff, and, and that was really good. Um, one thing which isn't no, a funny story for obvious reasons, but I did go and visit, which I've always wanted to do. We went and visited Auschwitz. While we were in Krakow, um, well, I can't believe you made that. I can't believe you've gone from that to Auschwitz. No, I wanted to mention it. I had to mention it because I, I, I've, I've always been a big sort of really into history and that. And I've always loved it. I loved it at school, so I always wanted to go. Uh, how many? That was a how real... how incredible? Not oh, you can't say awesome. It is breathtaking, really, when you go there. Cr- you have yeah. to read everything, don't you? Everything that you go by, you can't just look like some museums and walk. You have to read every single thing because it is engrossing. It, yeah, it was. It, it's it, it's a weird thing because you can't really describe it as I really enjoyed it, but that's sort of the way I want to describe it. If you know what I mean, but for mm. obvious reasons, it's not an enjoyable thing. But it, breathtaking is a good way of putting it. It's incredible. Mm. The we had a, a tour guide as well who was superb, um, and she had um, yeah, she was she was really sort of almost emotional the way that she described everything, and I thought she was excellent. So um, yeah, they albeit a. Uh, an interesting segue into the into into those two. Um, they were sort of the highlights I could think of, really. Um, I just chilled, really. There was no meal, no real major major situations. I mean, just show my age when on my birthday we had some good friends who we we know in San Diego who came across with basically twelve um, vodka soda cans. And I got wasted after three, which isn't great from me. That's not the vodka. It's vodka soda with lime and twelve cupcakes, and I just ate and drank. And after three, I was absolutely all over the shop, all over the shop. But I've had I've had a drink with you, and you, you've taken more than three. What happened? I know because I hadn't, I hadn't had a drink for like two or three weeks or four weeks, I think. So once once I'd um, once I'd had a drink, it was just got straight to men. Maybe it was because I was in the climate, etc. But I was all over the shop. Yeah, sometimes I'm great. Sometimes I'm great. Sometimes I'm not. I'll tell you what I need to mention, though. I was talking to you, Kino, about this the other day. So I've got another one of these celebi parties to attend to next uh, next weekend. Um, now, I can't tell you who it's for, but it's um, basically it is an iconic... You Basically, it's called these... Well, I can't tell you because it's the person's birthday party, but... 
you've got to turn up again fancy dress people who saw my um interesting costume of uh, scar from the lion king so this one is you've got to again fancy dress you've got to wear iconic music video red carpet or performance looks interesting to get into the actual venue to to then be in the party I'd, what 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 can I do? What what music video look can a can a guy dress in or a red carpet? At the moment, I'm gonna go boring and just wear a tux as the guy because I feel like this is more for the girls to kind of like go to like a Britney or a Janet Jackson or a you know a Whitney Houston or a Lady Gaga. But the guys can't really do it, can they? I've got a good idea for you. Go on. Why don't you do Prince? Ah. Oh. It's not a bad shout, that Kino, by the way. You, I, th- I think you've got the look for it. I reckon you a bit of purple off. velvet. Yep, there you go. Oh, that's a great shout from you. Think, that is a great shout. I think it, you've, got the, you've got the similar features to him. I think it would work. <laughs> Can I call myself a symbol? Uh, if you want, yeah. Why not? Uh, Prince, that's not bad from you at all. Either that I was, or was that, Yeah, I was gonna have a, I was going to come in with a live yellow python. Um, across my back with a little little green bra. I mean, everyone's going to be Britney, aren't they? Everyone's going to go Google Britney, um, Lady Gaga meat dress or something like that. But there's, you know, these are all pop stars, and there's forty-two-year-old digital sports editor Nathan Judah walking in. Who the hell are you? Do you know what I mean? So I just want to fade into the background, especially after 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 Lion King situation, which, by the way, I only showed the top half because the bottom half of pictures that that went out on the internet. Mm. Didn't leave a. Let's just say, let's just say there was a package there that didn't. I didn't really want to be there when the flash came out. It was quite tight around the crotch area, so um, yeah, it was, wasn't a good situation. Put it that way. Crikey! Oh, dear. I don't uh, think I saw that, so I'm quite glad it's not, it's not been. No, I cut it off on purpose. I cut it off on purpose. No one wants to see an acorn at this time of year. Um, right, okay, let's take some more questions. Um, okay. Uh, Predicted lineup for the first Premier League game back, says Jazz. Oh, that is tough. Um, that's tough. That's very tough. I'll, I'll try and be quick. I'll go Saar, Samedo, Collins, Kilman. It said first Premier League game <laughs> back, didn't it? Yeah, first yeah. Premier League game, not Gillingham. So obviously we won't have the. January window by then. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Collins Kilman. Um, I think he goes eight Nori. Mm-hmm. Um, Neves, Matinho, Nunes, Traore, Adama Traore on the right, mm-hmm. uh, Geddes on the left, and Jimenez up top. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I can't remember. Let's see if I've seen this. Yes, here's a question from the Wolfpack. A uh, photo from today, which shows um, shows Totti, shows Diego, shows Guedes, and shows someone on the right-hand side as well, of course, uh, Traore, and um, Mr. Pedro Neto, who is out there. Um, and he's asking, is, is Pedro Neto ahead of schedule? He's travelled out there. There's no knee brace anymore. Look, he's, he's going to take some time, of course. We're not going to see him back Definitely not in the next few weeks. But is that someone who could be a huge bonus for Wolves going forward? And when could we expect to see him? Yeah, so um, I think the, the suggestion was that he might be ahead of schedule or something like that. But I can confirm he's not training or anything. He's not on the grass. 
Um, he's obviously out there and, and continuing his rehab um, from the ankle injury. But um, so he, so he's not ahead of schedule as it stands. But he's making good progress. Um, he definitely won't be back for the games coming up. Um, but I think that could the, we see could we see him in February? I was just about to say. I think the suggestion at the time of his injury was. January into February maybe maybe realistic um, and he's making good progress at the moment so I think that's um, that's hopeful at least to, to hang on to that um, as a possibility for him but do you feel he could be a Lopetegui guy sorry say again do you feel he could be a Lopetegui guy uh, I do I really do yeah I think um, a player like that who's who has been so exciting um, electric at times can be the kind of player that can be Revitalised really by a new managers, so I think if he gets his arm round him, makes it clear to him, look, you're you're a man, which I think Geddes probably needs as well. Then he's a kind of player that can definitely definitely do more once he's back from injury. It's just a shame that he's not going to be back in time to to make an impact straight away. Mm. Uh, Wolves women podcast saying this means some cracking goals for the Wolves women since the last pod got a favourite. Um, I mean, I saw I saw Tammy George's goal the, um, a while ago. I mean, that was must have been from about 35, 40 yards, wasn't it? Well, that was, that she was just scored a couple one, of stonkers. Exact one I was going to use because she did similar last season, didn't she? Against, when, she did, yeah. We were there against Albion. Um, yeah, that's that's got to be the the, the, the favourite. I mean, uh, excellent goal. Top of the table again as well. Look, going into the, they're going to have to have a playoff again, aren't they, this season? Which is which is a real shame. But um, you know, hope, hopefully, Dan's side can uh, can go that one better. And I know that um, we've been away, but we'll definitely be going to um, some more games throughout the season and, and and trying our best to to get as much as we can when we can. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's ridiculous they've got to play that playoff, as we've said Crazy. millions of times. But um, yeah, let's hopefully get them there first and then go one better because it would be brilliant to uh, brilliant to see them go for what they've deserved, really, for a year or two now. Mm-hmm. Got, uh, got an interesting question here. Look, we, we answer every question, whether it's uh, good or bad. Um, quite a strange question, really, but look, I'm, I'm going to ask it to you. Gareth Wilkinson says, why don't you and Liam report the actual truth about what is happening at the club? Do you do the club put restrictions in place as to what you can actually say in print? Well, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for that question. It's, it's, um, it's well, I'm going to ask back. it, but you know, Pete, look, look, we're, we're t- I'm, I'm not going to, I want to, as a host, I want to ask everything. I want to ask good, I want to ask bad, I want to ask all sorts... I know the answer to this, but I want to, obviously I'll give the floor to you firstly, but um, to say what the situation is and how, how the land lies. I would love to know what the quote-unquote actual truth is, if you wouldn't mind letting us know. Um, yeah, of course we don't get restrictions put on us. You know, If I have information and a story that I have ready to run, I have a very good relationship with Wolves and I, and I, and I speak to them um, regularly, but I'm not put off by putting something out. If, as long as I can verify it as the truth, and that is absolutely the job, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, it's you know if there's a story to to go out, it has to go out. So there's absolutely no restrictions. Um, I work very closely with Wolves as well, and, and of course they've given me great access over the last couple of years. Um, so that's brilliant, and that's all part of it. But look, there's no restrictions. I, I, what the actual truth is, I, I would I would love to know, um, but I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't say I probably shouldn't say much more because I, I might end up insulting someone um if we don't speak the truth then we won't have jobs basically right exactly we will we will always since i've been covering this club or helping covering this club anyway call a spade a spade if wolves are doing great we are buzzing and we will say we 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 will 100 percent praise them if they're doing badly 
or, or mistakes are being made as there have been this season and over the last few years, we will t- we will call it out, and people who listen to this podcast will know that we will we will not um, cover it up. Or and I think that's that again goes back to integrity. We have to, you know, we we don't we, well we do work for the Express and Star, but we work for you guys. You know, we want to get otherwise you guys won't be listening. You won't be making us the most listened to podcast because we think we'd be spouting what the club's trying to tell us. The club, of course, informs as, as to what's going on. You know, like you say, like Liam says, we've got a great relationship with the media team, with a lot of the players. We've built that up over, this isn't just something over the last six months or or three months. This is, this is years and years and years of hard work. Um, and we're delighted with the access that we get. But th- that's not to say that we will um, not tell the truth or, or say or, or cover something up if it's there. That, that just will never, ever, ever happen. And the day that it does, I, I wouldn't want to be in that position. I want to be a journalist. You know, I can hand on heart say from the eight years that I've been here, whether this is Wolves or the Express and Star, whether this is the, whether this is the editor um, of, the, of, of our newspaper or the media manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers, whoever that may be, I have never been told to put something up or take something down once. And that's why I think hopefully we do okay because we will be critical. And, and But when praise is there, I'd, I'd rather give praise than not, but when praise is there, of course we will lavish it on them and they deserve it. But if it's not happening, then that's exactly what we'll say and we'll tell them exactly what's 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 going on. And that's, I think, why I enjoy this job so much and I think why you do it as well, Kino. Could not have said it better myself if I even tried. Perfect. Sweet. Top man. Uh, last one uh, from Smith Winston says... Who should go out on loan, Ike Nuri or Bueno? Can you see Bueno going out on loan? Can you see a couple of them going out on loan, maybe? Uh, maybe a Mosquera, maybe a Bueno. I mean, look, talk about Bueno. This was the starting left-back before Lopetegui took over. So maybe that's maybe that's a little bit harsh. But can you see a couple, if this squad starts to get a little bit bigger, a little bit deeper, a little bit fitter um, in January, maybe a couple more going out on loan somewhere? Uh, with, just in terms of that question, I can't see either of them two going, to be honest. Bueno, mm-hmm. I think, is the more likely dependent on how Lopetegui sees his game time coming in the next few months. Um, but I, I'd be surprised if either of them went, to be honest. But you're definitely right. A Mosquera, you know, cast your mind back to deadline day uh, in the summer. He was meant to go out on loan to France and it got pulled because the Dawson deal coming from West Ham um, fell through. So... You would imagine if Wolves are able to make a signing or two in, in in the centre-back position, of course they're chasing Felipe, that Mosquera probably will go out. Um, so that, that's one that I would expect. I think you can maybe look at someone like a Joe Hodge might get an opportunity, mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. a Chem Campbell as well. Um, they've both been in and around it, both I thought done quite well actually when they have played this season. Um do you see Ronan leaving or going out on loan? Ronan's got too many centre midfielders. Yeah, Ronan's a, a, an interesting one because obviously you want a little bit of depth in midfield. He's a, obviously a bit older than the others, and, and and if he was to move on, he would probably prefer a um, permanent. A, a permanent. He needs move. to play, don't he? he needs, I think he needs to play definitely. Look, yeah. he wants to get in front of the manager. If he could, if he could impress mm-hmm. him and, and have an opportunity, he would definitely. He wants to play for Wolves without a doubt. Um, but equally, he wants to play. Period. So if he has to move on for that, he will. And I think there's definitely um, scope for that to happen, but it just really depends on, again, he needs time to have a look at Roden Lopetegui does. He needs time to assess what he'd like as a player and, and how he might fit in. And one more, actually, yeah. before you before yeah. you finish the, yeah. Yeah. The, the questions. There was one, I believe, on, uh, on David Garcia, uh, mm. the Osasuna defender. Um, he's been linked with Wolves over the last few days. Um, talks about... You know, Wolves agreeing a fee and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
that's not correct. But what I can say is that he's definitely one that they're looking at. Um, he's on the list, but he's one of a number that's sort of been looked being looked at really. So it hasn't gone any further than that. It's not. It's not in the you know the deep stages of, of bringing him in the door, but um, they're aware of him and like him. Um, he's 28. Has played uh, for Osasuna his, his whole career, um, of course, which is in Spain. Um, centre mid and central defender. Centre back, yeah. Both. Centre back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, you can play centre midfield as well. Um, and the slight problem here is, albeit he is on this list, is in the last day or two he's come out publicly and said that. Um, He's not leaving Osasuna, sooner, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where that one goes. Ah, uh, that's it. Take that with a pinch of salt. Exactly, but just just wanted to confirm because I know there was a question on it that yes, Wolves. Yeah, he's on, he's on the list, and and, and they're certainly uh, he's the one he's looking at. But it's not as far down as the two Atletico players where Wolves are in talks for him, for example. So just to make that clear. I did say in the tweet uh, for questions for the first one back, and um, that the best one will uh, receive a little Wolves prize. So anyone that you can uh, think of that was uh, that was a good question. Right, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten you were doing that, so I hadn't actually prepared myself, but I have got one already. Go on, Paul O'Connell. Oh, I'm glad you got. I'm glad you got the name. Oh, here we go. Okay, well, I didn't even ask the question. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just because the picture's brilliant. He, okay, he's so got to get it surely. I, I had seen it. He says, "Who was better for Wolves, the Irish Maldini or the Moroccan Maldini?" This was Kevin Doyle live yesterday. Um, as Morocco beat Spain wearing a fez as well, which was uh, which was great. So, um, well, it's got to be Moroccan for me. Is it Irish for you? It's Moroccan for me. Uh, well, my family, yeah, I'm, I am Irish by heritage, so I'm, mm. yeah. So, so you're I've, a fighter. I've got a, you know. I'm, you're a drunken you, fighter. No, you know I'm a lover and a fighter. I'm on both sides of the coin, baby. I can play it. <laughs> the silence is deafening. Oh dear, fantastic! Um, right, congratulations, Paul. There you go. From absolutely nowhere, not me, not so me ignoring your question. You got, you, you got the question. I didn't realise you were asking a question prize. that had been asked. I'm sorry. I, I just thought that was a good one. No, no, no. That's fine. No problem. Get in touch, Paul, and I'll sort you out with something. Don't know what yet. No, I have. I've got something. I've got something in mind. So well done, you. One hour thirty-seven minutes back. And we haven't even had to preview a game because we'll be doing that next week with Gillingham. We'll also be talking about the, uh, the the two games, the two pre-season friendlies, or oh, pre-season friendlies, mid-season friendlies, winter friendlies, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we'll be covering them as well on the site live tomorrow. I'll be doing a live stream and uh, on on Wednesday as well. Kino, you're going to be at a twenty-ones game as well, aren't you? Soon. Yeah, I think I'm going to get along to, um, I'm hoping this is going to work out schedule-wise, but I'm planning to get along mm-hmm. to the um, International Cup game against Wolfsburg next Wednesday, uh, and then also the FA Youth Cup with the under-18s next Friday as well. They're going to be coming thick and fast, isn't it? So um, so it's nice that we've had this chance to stretch our, stretch our legs, stretch our, stretch our, uh, our feet, and, um, and just get back into... Get back into the nitty-gritty that is the Wolverhampton Wanderers. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed it. Sorry we've gone on for 97 minutes, 98 minutes now, but um, hopefully that'll take you through to your weekend. From me, from Kino, it's great to be back. Take care. Bye-bye.